Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to a new episode of Mike Adelic. I am your host, Mike Brancatelli. How you doing? Good. Glad you're doing good. Um, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for for joining us today. We got a great show today, and uh, thanks for stopping by. If you're new and you're checking out the show for the first time, thank you. Thank you for deciding to choose to let me invade your ear space for two hours or so, pretty much, or or whatever the the time period is. Because you know what, there's a lot of choices out there. There's so many podcasts out there. So. Thank you so much for choosing this one. And um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, this is a show. It's, uh, it's Mikeadelic. I'm, I'm, I guess that's what I am. <laughs> I'm that. I'm that thing. Uh, but this is a show that doesn't only focus on psychedelics, but focuses on many things. And uh, really, I guess, you know, the, subt- the subtitle uh, of, the, of the show is Mikeadelic. Liberty, psychedelics, self-improvement. Um, and I kind of, you know, the, those are sort of the three areas that I consider to be the most important things to me uh, and the most interesting things, really, to me, right? I mean, liberty, I think, is just, you, you know, we need, we need that. We have to preserve liberty, you know, cognitive liberty, freedom of mind, freedom of thought, freedom of spirit, freedom to choose what to put into your body. You know, free these these freedoms uh, must be upheld, and they're super super important to preserving uh, peace and happiness and human flourishing on the planet. So, uh, you know, I can go on and on, and I can make this intro. You know, you if you guys listened to the show before, you know how how much I can go on about freedom and liberty. But I feel that that is, you know, without that, um, you know, we get into some scary territory, uh, and I think it's uh, it's really important. Um, and psychedelics. Yeah. I mean, psychedelics, they, what are they? You know, what, what, what are psychedelics? I mean, it's just, you know, a chemical, right? That you can, that, that you put into your body, which is also chemicals. And, uh, you know, some of them come from plants. I mean, really everything comes from the natural world, you know, and then we, we synthesize things in labs sometimes, but everything is of the earth. We are of the earth. And uh, and our freedom to interact with um, different sorts of uh, liquids and materials and vapors is uh, our our choice to do so. And the great benefit of doing so, there's so many of them. There's so many benefits. And for you know thousands of years, our our ancestors have considered to be uh, psychedelics and substances that provide individuals with uh, a feeling of direct experience um, and a feeling of altered states of consciousness, those things have been considered to be the greatest gift to all of humankind. And they were revered. And today, we're living in a world that's um, not so much in tune, shall we say, and in harmony with the balance of the Force. No, I'm sorry, I got Star Wars on my mind. But, hey, great movie to draw comparisons from and make analogies to, right? Um, because that is, in a way, kind of what, we, what we're dealing with. You know, it's the, star, the reason why I love Star Wars so much is because it is truly the greatest, you know, it's the greatest myth of all time. It's the greatest tale that's ever been told. 
and it's told in the most interesting way. You know, this the the, the struggle between good and evil and finding uh finding balance, finding balance and meaning in it all. All right, went a little off topic there, but hey, that's what you guys tune in for, right? To have <laughs> to hear these things. Um and self-improvement, the third thing, right? Because we can't change things that are outside of our own, you know, skin sacks if we don't change what's in our skin sacks. You know, it, it's um and and that is another benefit that psychedelics can provide you with is they can provide you with the introspection and the inward journeying needed to 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 kind of you know to 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 go spelunking into the cavernous you know uh, infinite pit that is human consciousness what is it you know what's going on what are all these thoughts that are just racing around in my head what what what's happening here you know so and how can we and and is there a way that we can control uh, or or gain some sort of um power over that can we can we choose to improve our our own lives by uh making better choices by doing things like maybe breath work you know breathing practices walks in nature um meditating um you know just being kinder and 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 doing things for for people that are in need you know um eating healthier um you know li- living uh in, in a more like i said in a more balanced more in tune in a more harmonious way those things can all help us gain some perspective on what it means to be a little hairy sack of meat you know that's that's making small mouth noises floating on a on a rock in the infinite sea of of what we call the universe basically uh as far as we know in the middle of a empty lot where there is no one else but us and the animals and the plants on this amazing, on this beautiful, on this psychedelic journey we call life. I mean, life is psychedelic. Everything is psychedelic. It's crazy. We have to be grateful. And that, that's in that, in that area of what I consider to be so important. And look, I'm no guru. I'm no shaman. I'm no wise elder. I'm no expert. I'm a 30-year-old fucking idiot <laughs> who who just uh, you know, feel, feels like these are important and interesting things and I want to work on them. And I want to work on them and improve and improve life so I can reduce the amount of suffering in my own life and increase the amount of pleasure in my own life and and feel like I made a difference and 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 help maybe alleviate others suffering so that we can all have a fun time here you know this is this life is a trip man it should be it should be you know if we have the power if we have the power the tools the skills and the resources to help other people who don't have those available and and desperately would they're just they're just yearning for a better life a better way well it's up to us to do it and I'm proud to say today's guest is doing it, man. They, he's fucking doing it. I love chatting with this guy. He's, he's a great guy. You guys are going to see this is a great episode. I mean, this is, um, you know, talk about someone with their head screwed on right. You know, it's just like I, I really just love. So the, the guest is Brian Normand. He's the, he's the co-founder and director of Symposia, 
And um, if you don't know about Symposia, you need to know about Symposia. I'm going to put all the links and everything in there. Um, Symposia is a media and events group. They share stories and fresh perspectives about, uh, about the emerging science and, and social and political issues surrounding psychedelics and psychoactive drugs and you know, policy reform, harm reduction. They get into all kinds of stuff about you know, the, 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 the good, the bad you know, everything, you know, they're, they're not, um, they're not uh, biased in any way. They, they were founded in 2014 and they've been doing big, big things. Um, you know, like I, I, I was talking about that microdosing event that I attended a couple weeks ago or about a month ago in Brooklyn. It was so awesome. So awesome to be around our people, you know, um, their events are, are, are great. Their articles that they published are great. And everybody that works there is is really great, you know, that I've met so far, at least, you know. Um, so, you know, uh, Mike, um, I don't know how to say his last name properly, actually. Mike Mar- Margulies or Mike Margolis. Correct me if I'm uh, for, the, for the correction on that. Sorry about that, Mike. But uh, love Mike. Mike uh, it was a guest on this show, I think, episode 24 or 5 or something like that. And we were talking about cognitive liberty. Um, these guys are definitely champions of cog- cognitive liberty. Mike is a, is a great guy. He's always posting really interesting things on Facebook. You know, he's always asking interesting questions um, and, um, and thinking in a really interesting way. Mike's their expansion director. So just shout out to that symposia team, you know, um, Brian, Mike, and uh, Brett, and, and, and everyone over there that's, that's just doing, putting, putting this whole thing together and, and really making, um, you know, it, this is, you know, we're we're in, if we're in an info war, <laughs> as Alex Jones would say, infowar.com, male vitality formula, buy my buy my supplements, and <laughs> if we're if we're in an info, I mean, you know, if we're, we're living in the age of the internet, and there's so much stuff out there, and there's so, you know, the the old media has their has their dinosaur claws on everything, and there's all this, you know, this this they're they're dying. You know they're dying and and they're they're gasping with their last breaths. But with all the propaganda, fake news, misinformation, and just not even that, just the choice of what to report on, right? Like you turn on CNN, MSNBC, Fox, or whatever. You go on Vox, go online, go on any of these sites. What are they? What are they reporting about? You know, it's all fear based. It's all make try to make you scared so they could sell you pills so you can make the the pills can make you happy, but they don't really do anything. So they keep you kind of sick so you have to keep going to the doctor and paying high insurance prices for the fucking goddamn horrible medical coverage and the, you know the wars keep going on and they're stealing your tax dollars to pay for all this shit and you know it's like everybody's got a vested interest in screwing you you know but not not new media new media is the, the new media is the only chance that we have in our fight against winning hearts and minds and converting people to what we see as a healthy, true way of living and existing in the world where everybody has a chance and an opportunity to live a happy, healthy, prosperous life of, of peace and, and uh, fulfillment with life, liberty, and happiness, the pursuit of it for all. But this is, uh, this is really important. Symposia symposia.com these guys are doing big things i i really love their organization and um it's just i can't say enough good things about them uh so uh like i said i mean this is this is where it's at this is what's going on this is this is the turning of the tide 
and these guys are right in the middle of it. And I'm proud to have Brian Norman on the show. Brian Norman, like I said, co-founder, lead designer, webmaster extraordinaire um, of, of Symposia. He considers himself to be a green thumb. I believe he, he went to school for, for botany. Uh, I think we talk about that in the show. And, um, and, and, and uh, he, he's, just a, he's just a tremendous guy. So, so we're going to get into this uh, episode. It's a good one. I picked a, a nice outro song as well. Um, so, so stick around to the end because I feel like you guys might enjoy the outro song. Um, thank you for the support on Patreon. My God, you guys are fucking awesome. Uh, you know, talking about this new media revolution, how we're going to turn the tide and, and win. You know, I just, it just, um, I can't, I, it's, I feel so warm and gooey inside. I want to say all lovey dovey mushy things to each and every one of you. <laughs> because it just means so much to me that you would you would do these two things that mean so much to me. One, going onto iTunes and and writing a review and and leaving a, a five star rating and writing a review. I mean, you know, I go on there, I read those reviews, and I read what you guys write, and I read what you guys say, and I read what you you say when you email me and when you message me on Facebook and everything. And it's just like, you know, I I. I I'm so humbled. Like, I just, I feel like I don't deserve it. You know, it's like too much. Like, I, I mean, I want it. Please keep doing it. <laughs> but I feel like it's, um, you know, I'm just glad. I'm happy. I'm happy that you guys are getting, are getting good stuff out of this. And, and I really, I can't stress this enough. The communication between me and you is what's, what makes this show. You guys make this show. Uh, I, uh, and so... Um, keep it up. Keep telling me what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, what you'd like to see more of, all that stuff. I'm not one of these people that you should ever feel nervous about messaging. Oh, I don't know what to say. Should I say this? Should I not say that? Just say it to me, man. I'm just a fucking guy with a, you know, I, I bleed the same blood as you. I, 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 I breathe the same air as you. There's no difference between me and you. Message me. Tell me how you really feel, and we'll figure this shit out. And if you love the show and you want to leave a nice glowing rating and review that, that'll help us get more guests and bigger guests like people that I have in the pipeline, like Dr. Carl Hart and Jesse Ventura and uh, Duncan Trussell and other people like that, we want to get them on the show. We want to talk to them. And leaving those ratings and reviews on iTunes really, really help because they go on there, they see, oh my God, look at this show. It must be incredible. I got to do it, right? <laughs> and it is incredible because of you guys. The core audience of this show is dope as fuck. I would love to get together with all of you one day and just party and uh, trip and fucking, you know, have fun. And thank you for the Patreon people. And um, you guys rock. You guys rule. You guys roll. <laughs> you guys are everything, man. Um, thanks to my newest Patreon supporters, Bud. Shout out to Bud. Bud's the man. Um, Bud is supporting us now for five dollars a month. So thanks, Bud. Um, you're and thanks for your post, by the way, too. Thanks for your input. Love input. Love feedback. Love communication. I can't. I keep saying it, but I really do. I mean. It's kind of funny. I was a communication major in, in college, and I just at the time, I just thought it was an easy way to get an A. But uh, turns out I'm really putting it to use. And um, yeah, I, I just, if there's anything more important than what I was talking about before about freedom, liberty, self-improvement, and psychedelics, it's communication. 
clear, direct, truthful communication between people is, uh, is so, so important. And thanks for uh, Rhiannon. Ah, man, I'm so, I'm, see, I'm an idiot, guys. I don't know how to pronounce names. Rhiannon Adams. Oh, I said your full name. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I hope you don't, don't get mad at me. Pledged a dollar. Thank you so much. You pledged a dollar. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that you would take one of your little George Washington Federal Reserve notes that's just burning holes in your pocket and throw it my way. I really appreciate that. You guys, you can, do, you can donate as little as a dollar a month. It evens out to like three cents a day. Um, you know, I mean, you spend more every day on like coffee and subway rides and whatever. So it, it's, uh, it means a lot to me. I really, really appreciate it. And by the way, there's so many bonus, uh, there's so much bonus stuff now. Like me and Ed Liu of Psychedelic Milk pretty much are doing a second podcast every week only for Patreon members. And it's video too. So you get to see my pretty chubby, ugly mug. And, um, yeah, and then there's um, I have much more bonus things in the work. I know Bart, I owe you a t-shirt, Bart. I owe you a t-shirt. It's coming your way, man. Message me and let me know what size and what and uh you know the the colors are black, white and gray and uh it has the Mikeadelic logo and then on the back it says hashtag mind rights. We got to fight for the rights of our mind just the same way that we fought for the rights for women to vote for LGBTQ people to have equal rights, for people of color to have equal rights. We need to fight for something that uh, protects, that, that, that represents all of us, and that is the right to our mind. Do not have our minds be infringed upon and for us to alter our minds in whichever way we see fit, as long as we're not causing harm to anybody else. Thank you so much. Thanks to the Patreon subscribers. Thanks to all of you guys who go and leave reviews and blah, 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 blah. You're sick of hearing this from me. But first, one last thing before I go. I almost forgot. There is bonus material uh, for this episode on Patreon. Uh, and I almost forgot about this one, but uh, go check it out. It's uh, Brian Tells a Psychedelic Story. So at the end of this episode, after you listen to that dope outro song, go over to Patreon and throw a dollar. Get access to it. Get the bonus material. Come on. Do it. Just do it. You know you want to. All right. Thank you so much. Without further ado, Brian Norman, everybody. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity.
creative with people in room. Definitely. I think that's so important. Speaking of being creative with people in a room, that's just a good segue to talk about like what you guys do at Symposia. Like you bring that element to, to fruition. It's so fucking cool what you guys do. Um, I had such an awesome time at the event, uh, the Horizons After Party microdosing event. I, I saw you uh, running around, you know, taking care of everything. I, I, there were so many people I wanted to talk to and stuff, and I got, I got a, a lot of good convos in, a lot of good hanging out and meeting people. And it's just so nice to be in that environment with all of our people. You know, and just moving and, and grooving and jiving with everybody there. It was it was so it's a pleasure. I, I really love what you guys do over there. So um, you know, it's it's nice yeah, to thanks, bring man. that I appreciate that. Yeah, it's nice to bring that element of community to it. Yeah, we try to you know, we try to balance things. Um, we don't wanna just be a just a digital group. I think it's important to have real life events as well. So yeah, we're always we're always um, getting out there and coming up with new things. And and Mike, he's been my partner. Mike, he's yeah. been the one that's really globe trotting. There's yeah. so many conferences now. There's so many conferences, so many events all the time now. So he's been the one doing a lot of the, um, you know, boots on the ground, getting out, meeting the new groups, getting you know, just different people all over the place now. Yeah, traveling the globe. I met Mike last year and had him on the show. He was uh, he was awesome. He came he came in. We we were in the studio and uh, he um, he we, we we had a good chat right before the the Horizons conference last year. Um, so that's cool, man. Uh, so how did how did you guys all? I get I I kind of want to know about like how you guys all started Symposia and how that happened. But I guess maybe before that, like. Who is Brian Norman? Like, who? Where did? Where did? Where did you get? How did you get interested in all this stuff? Like, what was your 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 story of of getting introduced to this kind of psychedelic uh, crowd and and all this business? Uh, it just kind of happened. Yeah. I I I was interested in. I got interested, I guess, in psychedelics only by reading about them, though, when I was younger teenager you know kind of just being introduced you're just learning you know you're mm -hmm. just growing up and learning and you and you start hearing about them so you get interested in it you get interested in what is this right um you know uh what, what you, you was you try, try to find out about them i guess i was always i had a i was kind of um i always had an interest in uh reality and in nature and um you know in concepts of deep time i i kind of kind of grew up with that attitude you know that's awesome so I, I i almost feel like it was kind of a, a natural extension and then i went to catholic school for a while and that fucks with your head for you know while you're while you're growing up and i think but i think there's a lot of underlying concepts in themselves that are you know, philosophically really fascinating. And I think that a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you want to call it psychedelic philosophy or whatever. I think it's a really a natural extension. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what was, what were some of the things that you were reading early, earlier on that like really sparked your curiosity? I'd read some sci-fi. I, 
I, I, some of the early stuff would be Huxley, mm-hmm. Huxley stuff. You know, he's probably the, the person who you, who you move to, I think, you know, the doors of perception is right. I'd like the cornerstone and, you know, you read that sits so in the back of your mind. I remember hearing about someone who I knew when I was, I don't know, probably, this is probably in the, in the nineties at some point when I was a teenager, someone had mentioned McKenna. Um, and I, they kind of just stuck in the back of my mind. I never knew who he was. I was probably scared of mushrooms at that time. Um, who's this weirdo talking this way? I do remember, I have an early memory about someone talking about McKenna though. Yeah, that's, that's awesome because I like, I'm like, right. Like it's, I'm always very curious to see like, how does this sort of kind of fringe radical sort of stuff that isn't really incorporated into the mainstream discussion make its way to people's minds? Because, you know, for someone like me, it didn't make its way to my mind till I was like in my twenties, like mid twenties. And it, it, you know, I, but the, the feeling had always been there. Like the, the curiosity had always been there, but it just never made its way to me. It never cracked through the barriers of my kind of social environment. You know, the people that I knew and the people that I was around, you know, my friends, my family, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So it's, it was, was that sort of the case for you? Like, did you have a good, yeah, Yeah, no, that what the case was is that I had this, my own personal interest and, um, and I had, I knew about it intellectually right and i had that curiosity about it but it wasn't until probably 10 years later or so that i was physically in uh you know in a group of people that had access to it right so i i probably had an interest for i don't know eight or ten years before i ever did anything um and a lot of it what what i guess got me going down that path was when I was growing weed. And then now you're in more of an environment where you're likely to come across people who are going to have mushrooms or going to have something, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I had never up until, up until then I wasn't really in the, in the environment of people where I would come across that. It right. was just an interest where, you know, I'd read about it or get books about it or listen to music that you can, you can tell is um, influenced by it or just be into Bill Hicks or, yep. uh, you know, so you're exposed, but you might not have access. So for me, yeah, it took, it took a little while. Yeah. Music is such a huge uh, part of it. You know, it's like, <laughs> I feel that, I don't know. I've, it's, it's, it's sort of um, with, with the sort of kind of psychedelic, science sort movement sort of thing happening right now. I feel like that's kind of taken center stage as far as like where, where people's interests are and stuff. But yeah, what the, the music is, is super important. What, what kind of stuff were you, were you getting into uh, back then? Um, mostly for me, it's, it's tool tool did it for me. Uh-huh. Um, pretty much, uh, Anima and, and then ladder, I had already been into them. And then ladder Alice came in out, came out and I was like, what the fuck? This is just, you know, you just start. I was at the time that that album came out. I was, uh, 17. I had just turned 17 when that came out in, in 2001. And 
you're so impressionable at that at that age you know and you can't believe that you were interested in something and then a band that you love like kind of comes out with this totally psychedelic album yeah it seems like uh synchronistic yeah yeah, Alex Gray on it, and then, oh, who's this guy? Oh, this is the same guy who's on, um, actually, I don't know if it was out at that time. I don't think, I don't know what year the Spirit Molecule had come out. I'm oh. not sure. Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was about the same time, yeah. It was around that same time, so then you start then you start seeing, oh, the artist who did Tools also did, did this book. Oh, what's the connections here? And then you get more into the lyrics, and then... You know, you listen to their older album and there's Bill Hicks on it. And, oh, this guy talks about LSD a lot. And so it just like piques your interest. And it it did it in a way for me where these were influential uh, artists and figures. And so it was a cool context to get interested in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just goes from there, I think. And yeah. then I kind of, and then... And then, and then, so for me, I, you know, I eventually, I, I eventually get into marijuana and get into growing and, and just doing all that. And then, um, and then, I, I don't know, it's like, yeah, marijuana is kind of a gateway to psychedelics. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. You know, you get, yeah. you just get more, you, get, you just get, you just get a little deeper into it. There you go, folks. Marijuana is a gateway drug from the founder of Symposia. Hey. <laughs> yeah, well, when people say that, I'm like, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it's a I think it's like one greater of the first things. ones you. Yeah, I think it's one of the first ones. I, I don't look at that. I don't look at that in a bad way at right. all. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it is. I mean, it, it's it really is the first thing that for me, it was the first thing that gave me another perception, like a, another feeling, a different feeling, a different view. You know, something that was, but you know, I was always doing it. Like I, I always talk about like my use and, and, and stuff when I was like a teenager, it was kind of unconscious use because it was this seen as this taboo thing. So it was like, yeah, we're kind of like being badasses, like rolling a joint before going into school, you know, it was like, right. <laughs> you know, it was that kind of thing. And, um, you know, but but then you 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 do kind of it does open you up and it does make you a little bit more creative and a little bit more curious and a little bit more sensual and empathetic and so or it can you know for some people it did for me and and it and it definitely led me to find uh other things um so is that so that's kind of the the path you you mentioned that you were you were growing it um was that like a big thing for you cuz i i know you know oh, me, yeah yeah that was my that was basically I hadn't really gone to college at the time. I did, but I only went for a couple of years and then stopped. Um, that was like my real uh, college years. That kind of replaced my college years. I did it for four, about four and a half years or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. And for me, that was like really learning the process. It was learning about just all aspects of not just growing weed, but growing plants and be able to think in the future and how are you going to, how are you going to do harvest thinking about, all these different aspects of timing and watching the plants grow, observing them. Um, everything that you tweak is going to result in, um, is going to result in, uh, it's going to change the, it's going to change the plants. 
And so you start learning, you go as deep as you want, you know, mm -hmm. you go as deep as you want into plant science. And so, you know, I got really, I get really interested in not just marijuana, but plants in general. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just being a crazy person carving up, uh, you know, outdoor uh, lawns and planting tons of different things and just experimenting. You just experiment. If you want to lo learn how to grow plants, just do it. Just throw in seeds and observe and watch and see what works. Right. See what works, see what doesn't work. Then remember the next year, do it a little bit differently. And you, and you really learn that way. And, and you're from where? I'm from Massachusetts. You're from Mass. So this is you're doing this like at your parents' house in Massachusetts, like in the in their tomato garden. Like, hey, mom, I'm just gonna. I got like a uh, a, a nice dank bud growing out there. Oh no, I no, I did it totally secretive in, okay. in an apartment I had in my closet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting. What is this? Oh, sorry. It's all I'm right. Distract. Um. Normal yeah, part I of everyday life, so it's fine. <laughs> Just digital notifications coming everywhere. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I was doing it. I was doing it um, in secret at first, and then I did a couple. I did a couple runs, and then I in my closet, and then I ended up renting this big ass property to do it in. Oh wow! Okay, so you, it it you took it to the next level. I took it to the next level really fast. Okay. Really fast. Now that I look back at it, I look back and I said, "What the fuck are you doing, man? You gave you had like, I don't know. I I I look back and say, uh, I would not do that again. Right. right well, time. amazing at the time. Of course, hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? I mean, it's like if only we could know what we know now, then it would be the it would be amazing, right? That would be that would be some kind of uh, trick. But so, what was it though that was about what 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 happened? Like, what was it that that didn't? I mean, did it not uh, fulfill what you thought that it would fulfill, or in in growing? Yeah, like you you said it you it, you went too fast, or or you look back now, you would have done it different, or something. I probably wouldn't take risks like that now, <laughs> especially risks with the law and, and, and getting busted. And obviously, um, you just look back and you say, you say, wow, I, I take huge risk here. I'm lucky that I'm not sitting in prison right now. Yeah. So, 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 so what, yeah, exactly. Like I, so I actually happened to, uh, listen, listen to a podcast that you did with, uh, with Duncan. Uh, Duncan Trussell. And, um, and I heard you talking about this story. I don't remember exactly what you were talking about, but so that, that is what happened then, right? Is, is that, uh, do you, do you, uh, feel comfortable sharing that story again? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, I ended up getting, ended up getting raided and busted and prosecuted, uh, in 2012. So when I look back at myself in 2000, say in eight, when I was doing it, you can't, I, I, it's just funny to, that it's the same person. It's me, you know, mm -hmm. to make those things like, Oh, I'm going to go rent this house <laughs> and I'm going to do this. I'm going to grow X amount of plants. I'm going to do three or four turnovers a year. And, um, I wouldn't do that now. Right. I, 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 I would do it only, only legally now, but there's a, like you were saying, you were saying, um, with, with smoking weed when you're younger, there's that appeal to it that right. this is this is like 
is the pirate life. Mm-hmm. This is the underground, fuck the law, fuck these people who, you know, the law is wrong. Um, and I'm going to, you know, give a middle finger to the system. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that that goes with it. Yeah, I, it's so, I, man, I'm such a, um, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm just like a real stupid asshole sometimes because I, I really still have that attitude a lot. You know, I really do. I think it's, I think it's important to keep that attitude in certain, yeah. for certain things. I think it's super important to keep that attitude. It keeps you, it can keep you grounded in a sense. It keeps you from, I don't know, taking risks like that is important. I think they need to be calculated though, sure. instead of just being, you know, uh, kind of carefree early 20 year old guy style right which yeah. is kind of reckless at times definitely yeah yeah because you feel i i mean it's i guess when we're young it's kind of and especially if you're being successful and you're putting out a good product and people are happy and you're making money and you're doing good it's like you know it could and and you could feel like you you're doing good like you actually are doing good you're you're making a beautiful plant that alleviates suffering and pain and gives people a break from normal grind of reality and you know all the good things that we love about these amazing um you know substances and plants and so you're you're actually putting good into the world and then to have the long arm of the law step on on your neck with their boots and then it becomes real and you're like oh shit i forgot these assholes are in charge you know and and it, and it can come crashing down but um, but maybe you know maybe we should talk about that because that's I mean that's something that we all uh, encounter I mean with everything that we do whether it's talking about these things or making the substances and I know recently I think you had mentioned that you attended this catharsis on the mall right yeah that was uh, that was last last week so it was a week ago a little so, over a week ago. What what is that all about? Uh, talk about that. What that's I know that takes place in well, down in D.C. Yeah, they started out. Uh, this is the third one. Um, the first one was uh, focused on more of the drug war, mm-hmm. and they have a different theme every year. Um, so this year it was more focused on um, women's rights and women's issues. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of they they they'll attach a different social uh, theme to it each year. So yeah, um, I was there with Mike. Mike was doing a talk with um, with some of the Maps crew there. Uh, our friend um, our friend had organized a, a talk there. But yeah, it's it's right on the it's right on the mall. It was a good time. It's freezing there, but it was a great time. <laughs> So yeah, so what what is it like all about though? I mean, I guess I I think I saw a little bit because I I try to attend as much as I can, but it's it can be difficult at times. But is it's basically just a, kind of like a, a vigil of healing? Is that right? Sure. Yeah, they do. Um, it's a Burning Man style event, so there's a little bit of everything, and then they have a burn at the. You know, at the on the Saturday night, they do a burn. There were several thousand people there, um, and then they always run into issues with uh, DC government. Mm-hmm. So this year, they they were supposed to do a big um, a big woman statue, and at the last, I think like literally at the last second, um, they pulled the plug on it. 
and the, so the uh, event organizers pulled the plug on it. No, the the uh, I don't know if it was park park services or oh some, okay okay some bureaucratic group right they still had a burn they still had a burn anyways so yeah it's been going three years now I don't know there was there was a lot of people I would say this year was the I I was there I've been all three years I'd say this year I don't know I I don't know what their attendance was but it was it was a lot of people there yeah yeah that's and and so when you take when you say because I've I've never been to Burning Man, um, I and have I, oh, okay. Well, I would I love I would love to go. I hope this year coming up, um, like I'm one of my big goals is to try and get out to more more events and more things and um, you know attend more of these functions. But when you say do do a burn, um, what does that mean? They have a, a sectioned off, a, a big sectioned off area. And they have a, they have a, um, the first year they burnt a temple. They had a temple that was, um, the artist created this cool temple and they burnt that. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So this year it was, um, they had, they had this other temple and they took, they like deconstructed, um, parts of it and stacked those parts up. So it was this big bonfire. Okay, right, right. So it's like the most literal <laughs> burn. <laughs> I got, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was, I, I was thinking about something. I don't know what what came to my mind, but but yeah, right, exactly. That's what they do at Burning Man. So they kind of take that to DC and and do it right there. I mean, it's such a cool concept to me. Um, what do you think about that? I, I I heard you again. I'll reference Duncan's podcast because that's where I I heard you talk the most about this stuff. I really liked what you were saying about the kind of political climate and everything because I tend to agree with you. Um, but I mean, you know, you guys are kind of out there on the front lines, you know, with with symposia and putting out all the content that you do and the and the events that you you do. Um, what do you what do you think about kind of what's what's going on? Uh, do you see I mean, obviously, I think there's progress being made, right? Like that, we're, that there's more of an acceptance of of this uh, this kind of stuff happening. Yeah, totally. I think there's a. I think there's a. I think a lot of people are interested in it. I think a lot of people know about it, and yeah. even if they don't really know about it, they've heard about it in some way. Um, I talked to I talked to the guy at Seven Eleven today near my house about this you did he asked me yeah it was awesome it was great nice i love interactions like that of the people who you least expect because yes. uh, i always people ask what i do and so i say yeah well i work in i work in drug policy do this blah 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 and a lot of people are informed in some way about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's it's great having those having those bridges and being able to to really talk openly with people, um, you know, like I, I, I mentioned to him, I was like, you know, I always try to ground it in, I try to ground it in science because that's like one of the only ways you can really talk to people. Yeah. It's very common ground. So, you know, one of our common languages now. And, um, and yeah, he was aware of stuff that was going on at, at Hopkins and, so that's really fascinating. It's very fascinating in the, on the people who you least expect. 
And so it, it is increasing in, it's changing. The field is changing. Like you were saying, um, I, the dominant the dominant way to talk about, and I just said this, the dominant way to talk about psychedelics is through science now. Right. It's not, it's not music. Yeah. It's through science. And that's a funny, it's like a funny, it's funny that that's the dominant lens that we use now. Well, yeah, because it's like, what does Rick Doblin always say? He's, um, he's like an out, outlaw who went straight or something. Or is that what he says? Like, he's like, uh, I, I still consider myself like an outlaw who went legit. Like, it's like, we can talk, we can kind of talk about this stuff now and because the psychedelic explosion of the sixties has kind of, you know, reverberated through all the different areas of society and manifested through technology and, and all of these things where now, and, and science and, and the study of it is, is kind of a way that we can legitimize, like put a suit and tie on it, if you will, you know, and say, Hey, look, we're an acceptable bunch of people, you know, (laughs) which is cool. And it's annoying. There's aspects of that. There's aspects of that that just piss me off. Um, for sure. Trying to play. Yeah. Let's get into that. Let's get into what pisses you off. I want to, I want to hear that. What's what have you you been reading? Have you saw, uh, um, um, Rick Strassman's blog. He's been, he's been writing a lot of articles. Yes, I have actually. I, I, I have. Yeah. He has a lot of fascinating, like, um, dissent on there. He's been dissenting a lot about, mainstreaming psychedelics. We're going to be republishing some of the stuff very soon. We've been emailing with him because I've been, it's one thing that we've really wanted to to do um, is have uh, dissenting voices on symposia. I get so bored when it's just the same fucking points of view all the time. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just the same thing. I, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I want to see these things move through medicalization. I do want to see that. I do want to see there be systems set up so someone that doesn't know about doesn't know about it if they have a certain condition, they can get seen. Okay, so I I want to see that, right? But there's plenty of room to debate and and disagreements and constructive criticism and just an an analysis of of things and there's not that much of that really there's not that much of that and so i love when <laughs> when there's other people who we you know we can bullshit about oh yeah this this and that um but yeah rick's rick's blog is is very interesting um he's been he has a, a series up right now that's about mainstreaming psychedelic medicine the whole concept of mainstreaming maybe let's think about some things first um he has a lot of critiques on the you know the biomedical kind of the biomedical power um of kind of dominating things science mm-hmm. has kind of dominated a lot of the argument you know so right yeah i i think there needs to be a little bit more outside the box thinking in some of this 
Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. And um, I remember, I, I think I read the first two that he published, and I loved them. And I, I think he has two or three, maybe more, that he's published since then. So I got to get caught up on those. But yes, this is so important to me because I I feel like um, I I don't know, you know, it, it's it's this this strange kind of duality that exists where you said it's like yes, this science is important, and yes, this is you know, something that's, I want to see people have access to these things who really need them. You know, people that have like soldiers with PTSD and whatnot, and, you know, people who have trauma and and, and these sorts of things. And let's, let's help people. Yes, for sure. But there is also this dogma that comes along with the religion of science and the, and the, the materialist reductionist model of, you know, the, 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 the kind of white lab coat setting and psychedelics can be so much more than that. They don't need to be confined to this, this narrow minded kind of socially acceptable suit and tie view, but I get why they are because that's kind of the way in, right? That's kind of where we are right now in this like paranoid, fearful culture that there's this mentality that like, if we can just get the foot in and we can dress ourselves up to be acceptable, then we can get some things going. To me, like when I first got turned on to this stuff, I was just totally like 1960 summer of love, like mentality. Like I was just like, this is free your mind, break out of the matrix, like fucking drop acid every day, like, you know, drop acid, not bombs. And I still, you know, kind of feel that way to a certain extent. And I even, I hope to get Paul Austin on the show because me and him go back and forth and talk about this stuff where I kind of was criticizing microdosing. And that's why I liked attending that event. But like my whole thing about that is that I don't like where I stand with this is that like the psychedelic experience, what it can provide you with is so much more than making you be like a a a, a, a consumer, like a productive, like, you know, efficient worker, uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, get, getting, staying in, st- stuck into that system, you know, as like, a, you know, I'm a big fan of McKenna and like, he's always talking about these things are deconditioning agents and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I'm so glad that uh, Rick Strassman's writing about this because he's a, a prominent person with a voice and he can talk about uh, these sorts of things in probably a more intelligent way than I can. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I stand. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, well, I think they can <laughs> be conditioning agents too. They can be tools of brainwashing. It depends who it depends who's preaching right. and depends who's listening. I think that they're really double edged like that. You know, I think they're great with the placebo yeah. effect. And you know, it really depends who's who's using them and for what reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it's it's kind of like it's like the the kind of Silicon Valley tech thing. I mean, you're right. It's there's there is no like good or or bad necessarily. It's it's kind of a mixed bag of both. But I think that there's just something strange about like taking psychedelics to try and like invent like a better app or something like that. It's like, well, what are we really doing here? You know, like, shouldn't we be thinking about like the models in which we construct our society and the relationships in which we have and the the kind of chaos that's being spun out into the world by kind of our unconscious consumer behaviors and, and habits? Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. Well, maybe that's just I my own super thing. Interesting. I think it's interesting how different types of people interact with it in a different way for a different purpose. 
I don't know right. if there's one reason. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, I I wasn't attracted to them. I wasn't attracted to them for becoming a better worker. Fuck that. I I don't I don't <laughs> want to be a worker. I want to I want to create my own reality and do what I'm doing. Make up my own rules of what I'm doing. I'm not interested in in microdosing so I can make a better fucking app for some asshole corporation. <laughs> you know, like. Right. That's not that's not what does it for me. If that does it for someone, good for them. If their life is more if their life is better by doing that and they can get by by doing that, I I don't I don't have a problem. I don't have a personal problem. I don't care why people do things, you know? This is how I, yeah. I would do them. I think it ends there. This is how I would do it, you know. I I don't know. Um, there's a there's an element of that that is so cliche though you know so it's just so goddamn cliche like oh, i'm the tech guy I'm what that guy microdoses <laughs> you know <laughs> like, yeah it, it, well because you know like the the kind of the psychedelic real, scene you just go to a big dose right yeah what? well see i think that for sure. I think that like, that's, you know, like if you're doing, if you're using them as tools to kind of expand your consciousness and think more creatively about complex problems. Right. And then maybe a microdose helps you, you know, get along in your daily life and kind of be a little bit more productive, a little bit more creative and feel a little happier, you know, maybe going into that shitty corporate environment that you don't necessarily want to be in but it, you know make you know so they're, they're they can go hand in hand i guess they can work to try and do something greater because the psychedelic scene was kind of birthed in that area like that silicon valley area and and um and you know i i steve jobs had, had talked about it being a, a huge influence on him like lsd being like one of the most important things that he's ever done um so it's weird it's like it's it's strange it's like we get this you know, we get these cool inventions that are definitely birthed out of out of a psychedelic mindedness, and then, but then, like, I don't know. Then there's like Twitter, like this. You know, like like you were saying, like you're like not I'm not on Twitter too much, and I'm like I'm on it way too much, and it can be like demonic. You know how how much of of your soul can be sucked out of these devices? You know, absolutely. It's you know, it's all day long now at this point. I all day yeah, long. I, don't know. I I have no all day long of just being constantly connected to the internet. It's it's now right, yeah, it's pretty much fully integrated into everything. But yeah, look, I I I don't microdose. I don't I don't. If if that if that helps someone out, great. If that's what help if that's what helps you out, that's great. And I there's a lot of people who who it helps them out. Um, at least based on based on stories that I've heard, I know there's concerns about it. We don't have any data on on what the long term effects of it mm -hmm. is. We do know that um, a higher dose is can definitely be therapeutic. Um, we don't, you know, it's just anecdotal. It's anecdotal um, whether you know what the long term effects of microdosing are. Seems to be pretty positive for a lot of people. We don't know what the Say heart effects are that's just not there 
anyone who claims that they know what they're talking about with that, they don't. And I, 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 we just don't know. So if you, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and she had mentioned uh, microdosing um, for depression. I don't know what I'm supposed to say to someone who was asking, who's asking about that. I'm going to say, well, we do know that we do know that you can be given the right circumstances. You can be helped out with a larger dose and you may or may not have to do that again. So to me, there seems to be potentially more benefit there. You know, maybe you do it once depending on, depending on what the, factors are right that's contributing to your situation um maybe you're depressed because of you know whatever's going on in the job or whatever it's just boring it's meaningless garbage job um maybe you can just like, kind of fix that pretty easily you can fix that you know an afternoon going to the beach or going somewhere really peaceful or having a sitter or something like that and then so what's the point of microdosing What's the point of microdosing in that situation if it only required you one time to be like, oh, shit, I didn't see that. I didn't think about that. So I almost feel it would be – I'm just thinking out loud right now. But I almost, I almost think it would be almost like what's the point of taking something every other day or you know, whatever the schedule of microdosing is over a long period of time if one time might be – might be what was really needed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, like like maybe you can totally like maybe you can have like a profound mushroom uh experience in the proper set and setting and really have like a positive, you know, healing, lasting healing effect and that might do better better for you because it might make you feel like okay, I got to change my life, I got to change things and get out of the habits that are making me depressed whereas maybe if you were taking a little microdosing it would keep you in those patterns and maybe wouldn't necessarily break you out of out of the patterns that are making you depressed and then you're just now you're just doing it's like might as well just like take a you know Zoloft or whatever, you know, it's like the same kind of thing. It's just like we need to take substances to make us feel like we can cope with our daily lives. Like, why can't we? Maybe, like, maybe we should figure something else out. I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts maybe about the, that? Like, where? I, I, like, I, I think, definitely I, suffer from depression. Yeah. I think that the root causes are a lot of things. You know, what's what is the what are the root causes? I think it's important to address those, right. or it's just kind of covering up symptoms right so i I think it's i think it's important to i think real healing is finding out what the what what the problem is if you can instead of just kind of kind of coping and i don't know um not everybody can do that though not everybody can do that i don't think we have the system really in place whatsoever of helping people yeah, no, out yeah. who have those who have those problems people carrying around tremendous trauma with them all over the place all over the place and we don't have anything for that we're barely even acknowledging that mental health care is a thing we don't even yeah 
we don't even know it's like we don't even we barely address these things we pretend that it's almost like we pretend that it doesn't exist and the only time we talk about it is when someone shoots up a fucking school that's like the only time we talk Ugh. about mental health care oh you my know? god it's, yeah it's, i know it's 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 um yeah it's it's maddening it's 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 sickening really it it really it really gets to me I, I i don't know maybe i let it get to me too much but it really does get to me when it's like okay now this is the this is the time we can have a conversation for a couple days and then it kind of goes away until yeah, the next one, one happens cycle. and it's like we're never really yeah 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 and so yeah. i mean so, i mean does this yeah go ahead this is the system that I mean to me this is the system that needs to change is mental health care and uh we don't to me my I think that I think that um I think that these plants or you know MDMA I think they can be very helpful in in changing patterns in changing someone's story in unlocking um you know and showing you and showing you what was there, what's bothering you, they, something that you're covering up, you know, something that you're covering up that's just draining energy from you. It's causing you to think about it all the time. Um, and uh, we don't we don't have anything for this. Yeah, we have therapy. We have therapy for people, um, which is great. And that works for a lot of people. But I think people have a lot of a lot of suffering, like tremendous amounts of childhood. Yeah trauma everywhere everywhere and it's no surprise to me that we have the amount of suicides that we have in this country which is like you know 40 to 50,000 a year we have 50,000 overdoses mm-hmm. now um we have i don't even know how many cases of PTSD it's unbelievable um just people who just have carrying around depression they get a sense of being defeated they work in some shit job um same fucking shit every day yeah that's that's why that that's why i'm interested in these things i think they can be i think they can be beneficial i think they can you know one one experience with them could change could change a lot it can it can make you appreciate things um just change just change your uh consciousness for a little bit and can have very lasting effects. Yeah, definitely. I'm right on there. I'm right on board with you right there. Um, you know, I was talking to someone the other day about this and and we were kind of going back and forth and I was saying, you know, I think really the thing is that a lot of people don't even really know that they're suffering. Like like they know they they know they're suffering, but they don't know that it's not normal. You know what I mean? Like they just think like, oh, this is just the way it is. And I think that if you have a, a profound psychedelic experience, you know, maybe you ha- you drank ayahuasca or you did, you know, you took some mushrooms or you took a lot of LSD, whatever you did, that broke you out of the mold of the everyday kind of suffering that you've been existing in. And now you see things from a different vantage point and you've experiencing things that you can't even put into words because it's a feeling that you had. And you're, you know, that direct experience is so powerful that it can kind of inform you. So by having that experience, like, you're now all of a sudden you're going, Oh my God, there's like another room here. Like the doors of perception, right? It's like, Oh, there's a whole other door. (laughs) There's a whole other area. And that's kind of, you know, like, yeah. 
Yeah. You had one version, yeah, one version I just of think the story. A... You didn't know there was another version of that story. And there's a million right. versions of that story, but it's hard to access them. It's hard to get into. If you don't change your consciousness, it's very difficult to. I mean, I don't think you can. There's different methods for changing it, but you have to want to change it or know that you can even change it, like you're saying. Most people don't know that they can change it. Right. And it's. it's 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 very difficult it's very difficult to do that if you're not yeah. if you don't have a practice um meditative practice or some sort of practice it's very difficult and you don't have access to to certain plants what are you supposed to do what are you supposed to do when you take out yeah. when you take out when you take out healing plants from the pharmacopoeia on a you know a 300 million person society you're probably gonna a lot of things are gonna go out of whack i think you know definitely yeah and it's um yeah it's like the uh what when you were just saying that right now it reminded me of uh this errol errol morris actually hamilton's father who had this documentary about donald rumsfeld the known knowns and the known unknowns do you know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about it was yes. um it was <laughs> It was like the things that there's things we know, and then there's things we know we don't know, and uh, or or whatever. There was it was pretty kind of mind blowing. I didn't even know that that was a way of thinking, but uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's definitely it's definitely a huge problem. <laughs> it's definitely a huge problem, um, and we we definitely don't get any uh, help from mainstream society. People that we deem to be leaders are not leaders. They're jokes. Um, you know, they're they're just terrible excuses for human beings. And so this is the big thing that I think, you know, you guys are doing at Symposia is you're 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 putting this on the table for people. You know, you're 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 getting this conversation happening. You're getting people, a guy at 7-Eleven to engage with you in a conversation about this kind of stuff, letting him know, you know, hey, I run an organization. We we do this kind of thing. So that's just fantastic that this is uh, able to happen and you guys are 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 kind of moving the needle forward in terms of doing that. What what are some of the big? I guess what you just kind of told me the bi- the big thing is kind of for you mental health and then you know how plant medicines and, yeah. and psychedelic substances can be a part of of that right? I think I think you know, personally for me it's all the bullshit and suffering caused by the war on drugs. Just fucking arresting people for using drugs is crazy. Um, all all of that invisible. Prohibition. People don't even know. People don't even know we're living in prohibition, which is fucking wild. Very few people even know right. we live. We talk about prohibition like it's this thing that existed in in the 1920s. No, we're in it. We're in it now, and it's invisible. If anybody listening hasn't watched the uh, documentary, and I know everybody listening to this gets the war on drugs and everything, but um, you ever watch um, uh, Eugene Jarecki's? A documentary, The House I Live In. You seen that? No, I've I've never seen that. No, it's it's no. fantastic. It's fantastic. I'm gonna write it down right now. And it just shows you, like, fuck, man, this is it's in this thing is invisible. It's around us, and we're living. You know, we're living with a lot of people who grew up in just tremendous propaganda in this country. You know, our parents kind of coming of age and. You know, 70s, 80s, living in this just, you know, 
dominant paradigm of drugs are bad. And it just becomes this invisible thing. And we're still in it. We're still in it. And it's, it's very invisible. And so, you know, I'm down here in Baltimore. Um, the crime is just out of fucking control. People getting shot and killed every day. I don't hear people talking about the war on drugs down here. I don't hear anybody talking about it down here. And like, you know, um, it's just, it's like this thing that it doesn't matter. People aren't conscious of it. And so that is, that is something that I am, I am very, that I am very passionate about is, is being able to talk about that and, and get those perspectives out there. And be able to talk to regular people about it, being able to talk to my father about it in a way that they right. understand, you know. So that's one that's like that's one that's one thing that I think that we're we're very focused on. And, you know, so we see ourselves sort of at the intersections of like of drug policy reform and of psychedelic science you know, and, and healing and therapy. Um, those mm-hmm. for me are two of, of my big, uh, passions is kind of sitting right there. Psychedelic science doesn't exist in this vacuum. Um, it needs to be inserted. Psychedelics need to be inserted more into drug policy reform narratives. There's this sort of separation mm-hmm. that exists between, that exists between them. Um, a lot of the drug policy uh, conversations are are still focused around marijuana. A lot of the energy is spent in marijuana legalization, um, and is also spent in the opioid um, crisis and all of that and addiction. And you know that's as it should be. Um, but I, I, but I, for me, I, I, the the healing aspect of psychedelics and and helping people out who need to be helped out is is something that I'm um that I'm gonna get behind as as much as I can critique things, critique how things are done, um, critique scientists having sort of a narrow mind in a lot of these things, a lot of the language that's chosen uh, surrounding it. That's all, at the end of the day, it's sort of petty um, because I think there's something bigger that's really important, which is getting help to people who need it. And so, so yeah, I'd like to see myself and I'd like to see Symposia kind of, you know, balancing, balancing those two, those two major things in a way that's honest, in a way that, um, isn't you know cheerleading um about any of it if we see bullshit legalization stuff i want to be able to talk about it because there's a lot of bullshit legalization stuff out there and yeah can you like like what can you give an example there's just you know a lot of them a lot of the it's hard you get to be patient with a lot of the marijuana stuff too though you get to be patient and you know it's one step after the other so i don't want to be pessimistic i don't want to be a miserable person who is always criticizing <laughs> legalization, you know? 
Um, I don't, I right. really, I really yeah. don't, but it's important. It's important to, um, it's important for me to keep, I think that marijuana activists need to, to keep, um, home cultivation, um, as a, as a, as a, as, as a really important measure to be included in, 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 state legalization efforts. I think that's, I think it's very important right. to be, to have the freedom to cultivate at home more than six plants, um, more than 12 plants. I think that you should be able to do that. I, I, you know, a lot yeah, of people, who, yeah. Unlimited if plants. If you haven't grown marijuana before 12 plants seems like it's a lot. It, is it a lot? I don't know. I, it, I guess it can be a lot. I grew a lot more than 12 plants. Um, and I don't think right. that what I yeah. was doing was well, something I, that's out of control. I don't think that, I don't think, I, I think having 40 or 50 plants, I think that should be legal. I honestly think that that should be legal. Right. I, and, and that's still not legal. So yes, we have to, it, this is a slow, this is a slow process. I think those laws should be more liberalized as Ugh, we move yeah. along. I think that you, someone should be able to have more than six plants. I think that if I am growing any amount of plants legally, I should be able to, I should be able to sell that. I shouldn't have to have any licenses to sell that. Um, I think that it needs to also focus on individual freedoms, you know? And so this, this, yeah. this yeah. there's some, there's some bullshit that still exists there. Um, but I, I, if you can't grow at your house in a, in a legal state, then that's bullshit to me. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's right. I right. Think. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I commend you guys for having so much patience when it comes to this stuff and, and, and bringing so much balance to it because as, as someone who I'm right there with you, like I feel exactly the same way and I have a tendency to get so worked up about it and like angry because I'm thinking, you know, from, from a moral logical standpoint, it's like, look, like the, it's like, we're talking these bureaucrats, like the way that they handle things is so slow, so laborious. It's like, almost like we're, we're talking to cavemen. It's like, listen, we should be free to grow plants. Don't you get it? Like, you know, it's like, and so there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear and there's a lot of red tape and kind of, you know, the movings through that, that, that ugly system that has to take place in order for people to get the freedoms that we so desperately want. I, I, I think, you know, the pro, I mean, progress is being made. It's just slow. So I just, I just wanted to jump in there and say, Congratulations on on being able to kind of ride that slow wave because I'm I I just uh, I, I fly off the handle way too much with this stuff and you guys seem to be doing doing a good measured approach like a bunch of sane people. Yeah, I, I look it, it it takes a while. It, all of this takes a while, and you know where the people who are around now and have the ability have the ability to either grow at home or have the ability to have it on them. Um, and not be arrested now that's a that was a that's the product of a lot of a lot of work a lot of people who are not even around anymore and so i don't want to you know <laughs> i don't want to uh i don't want to take for granted of how i think how how far things have moved right i i don't want to take that for granted yeah but at the same time, I think you need to push forward. 
I still think you need to push forward, though. And I we're not there. There's a lot of, lot of work to be done. I mean, how many states now? I, if you have 40, basically a 42 states that that it's illegal still. Um, and, yeah. you know, some people are more of the of the of uh, the decriminalization route. Um, I'm more of a fan for legalization. Um, regulation can suck. What's the difference? Regu- well, I, 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 you know, I, I, I think that I think that legalization. I think it should be. I think it should be completely all above ground. I think it should be more than. Um, I think it should be more than 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 me just not being able to get arrested for it. I, I think that if I think he, he, the, the problem with legalization is that regulation is all over the place. It's all over the place. It's different in every state. There's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of problems in who has access to it and who has the money and the capital to play the game. And that turns off a lot of people in, in legalization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't... I was, Normal had a good piece recently i was just reading and uh, you know and the writer on there was was talking about how how that you know decriminalization is becoming more uh, uh, you know you're hearing more about people favoring decriminalization or um over over legalization uh but you know it was saying that decriminalization doesn't address the root causes of a lot of the problems and 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 not just de i'm 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 not just decriminalization of marijuana i'm i'm talking about or legalization of marijuana i'm talking about like legalization kind of across the board of a lot of things and you know is decriminalization going to address root causes of uh problems in drug producing and and you know kind of drug uh distribution states in mexico and in South America and Latin America, is decriminalization going to really uh, change any of that that's going on down there, or is decriminalization only going to help out mm-hmm. the consumers who are privileged in uh, uh, in cities and across you know the United States? So I want to see, for me right. personally, yeah. yeah, I would I would like to see legalization. I'd like to see legalization done done, I guess, better better than it is and i'm willing to be patient in that and i think it i think that could be i i think it just needs reforms like anything else um we're only at the beginning we're only at the beginning of this this might take 30 years you know i i don't know i am i i I do favor legalization i think it should be regulated i think there needs to be regulations on things um however i don't think that those regulations should be should be crazy that prevent ordinary people from uh, having wine in your basement and selling it to a co-op or something like that. You shouldn't have to pay this big fee to play the game. You know, it should be just mm-hmm. like anything else. You bring your product to market. Um, so I don't think we need to get crazy in regulation. And I think that there is a lot of regulations that they just make it impossible, and a lot of states don't know don't even know what to yeah, do about it. Yeah, yeah. It's been four years in Maryland. I think they just opened the dispensary somewhat recently, 
in Maryland now. And it's just taken forever. The process has taken forever for them to mm-hmm. even get like the, you know, infrastructure in place for a medical program. So, you know, the state just takes forever to do things. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we need to abolish it. <laughs> that's 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 I mean, that's my fantasy. I mean, that's like that's where I fantasize about things. Um, but I I kind of live on that at that 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 edge of of chaotic anarchy, I guess. But uh I don't know. I I cuz I think that there's there's other ways, there's other models that we can go about doing things. I think we're seeing those other models kind of pop up and things are being uh sort of invent, you know, birthed into being and invented that allow us to share. Like I tweeted something out the other day, I forgot what it was, but it was something like um you know, like why do we even need like these assholes in government debating about things that we care about and we're letting them decide stuff for us. It's like we can figure this stuff out just like between us, like between ourselves. But then again, it's like, you know, when we get to it, it's like, well, there's hundreds of millions of people. So there needs to be some system in place where there's responsible leaders. In, and, you know, I like to look at it in the context of like Aboriginal type of shamanic cultures where there's like a, a chief or a shaman. It's like the, a group of wise old elders who we can look to to sort of, you know, be the, the voice of reason to lead us in the proper direction because we're not getting that. And like you said, you know, before this stuff doesn't exist in a vacuum, you know, where it's like, uh, just decriminalize it, whatever. No, there's like other parts of the world, right? Like where we need to kind of worry about the, the well-being of people in Afghanistan, where there's like, you know, the largest production of, uh, opium and, you know, these producer, you know, all this kind of the, the side effects, the ripple effects that take place with, with all this stuff, you know, it's a, such a complex, thing, you know, when you think about it, you know, some people on the outside much to think like, ah, these guys are just a bunch of hippies that want to get high. You know, it's like, well, no, I think the implications are a lot further than that, right? Yeah. And I think if you get interested in drugs, it's it it becomes for me, it becomes more interesting everything else that exists outside of drugs. The drugs yeah. just become the thing that got you interested in it. But I, I I mean I love the politics of it. I love I love all the other the things that kind of the information side of it. Um, I'm I'm fascinated by all of that. Yeah. What, actually, yeah. How how does it affect society? How does it? You know, people. I, I don't think people realize how much they're impacted by drug policy. Really don't. You know. Mm-hmm. And we had, we just have bullshit drug policy still. Yeah, no, so it is. How many, how many things that we don't even know are affected by that healthcare? Uh, you know, what are the what are the what are the side effects? The positive side effects that marijuana is going to cause that we don't even necessarily know about. You know, what are what are all those? What is the value to society? You want to put a number to, or you want to put like GDP to it? What's the value uh, outside of economic? Well, you could you could use the argument. You could say, well, how much how much more productive are people going to be, or how much happier are they going to be in their lives if they just have lower stress levels? And I don't mm-hmm. know if you can put a, a, a value to that. Um, how are they going to have a better relationship? How are they going to be a better have a better relationship? How are they going to if you smoke some weed once in a while, you're not as you're not as um, 
is likely to believe some asshole that's telling you things. Um, or you're going to try to understand someone's point of view a little bit more. And maybe they'll shut up and listen a little bit more and try to understand why they have the point of view that they have. I think those like kind of intangible things are are going to be byproducts of changing um, jug policy. And I think that I think we'll see them all over the place. You know, people don't people don't understand the value that harm reduction measures bring in. All they can do is talk about uh, the bullshit of oh, I don't want to spend taxpayer money in providing needles or harm reduction services. Oh, how dare we have a center that lets people shoot up? Um, <laughs> they don't get it. They don't get it. They have a very superficial understanding of the kind of complexity of the of the whole situation. Um, and so, yeah, what are the what are the intangible things that we're not even seeing? And that's so those issues, all that stuff, it really affects everybody in 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 society about how we structure, you know, drug laws. Yeah, it's no, it's just so it's so it's so interesting though, because you know, it's like just listening to you say that, it's like and we're talking about what are we talking about here? You know, it's like drugs. Like what like I mean there's such it's such a weighted word. It's there's so much that comes along with that. If you just say drugs, like if you just walk around and ask fifty people what the first thing that come to their mind when they hear drugs, you know, it's like I, I wonder what would what happen. You know, I think a little. I don't know. I mean, maybe we're in changing times right now, where maybe we'll get some more positive answers. But I I think maybe the average person is going to think about oh, you know, heroin overdosing or death or just terrible things that are going on. But I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's we're talking about some chemicals, you know, that that it could be like if 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 you just turned on the water and out of the water came, you know, some uh, every time you took a sip of of tap water, it just made you feel better or something like that. Would that be a drug? Like, I, it's just a strange thing. It's like there's obviously some tools out there that can help people if used in the right way. Um, so what's the, what's the holdup here? Now, personally for me, I think there's more of a nefarious, uh, um, you know, situation happening where, you know, the powers that be or the people that hold power, you know, not just, uh, the state, but corporations, uh, religions, any kind of institution that holds power, it, you know, they're kind of, they kind of have a vested interest in keeping people kind of dumb, sick and, and, and out of, you know, not really experiencing the full capacity of life and their reality and their consciousness and their body, uh, because they just, uh, you know, it, they benefit from them being consumers and, and just kind of, you know, obedient workers and whatnot and those sorts of things. You know, I don't know if this is like necessarily an intentional thing where there's a bunch of guys sitting around in a room smoking cigars going like, ha ha ha, those peons, we got them working. It's like, like some kind of weird dystopian thing, but it, it it's definitely the way that it's set up. It's definitely, that's kind of the, the treadmill that we seem to be going on. So I don't know if you agree or disagree with me on that, um, well, I guess I could ask you because it's my podcast. Do you agree or disagree with me? On <laughs> I I think that um, I think that the nefarious aspects of it are probably money laundering and bankers and um, right. All, right, all of the all of the cartel related stuff and then the banksters. I, yeah, no, I think it. I I tend to I tend to think that it's mostly ig- ignorance that fuels a lot of this. Um, 
whatever the saying is, never don't mistake uh don't mistake uh what's the word? Don't mistake uh uh bad intentions for ignorance, something mm. like that. Um I think that the ignorance is tremendous. Yeah, off the off the charts. Not educated about this. This is what you get. Right. This is what you get. So, I think that's a primary factor. I I think that there are people who are making unbelievable amounts of money through black market. Um, that it just keep keep their mouth shut. You know, cartels are bringing you money. Money's getting funneled into pop politicians pockets and you know back channels um uh i think that to not think that that's going on i think is ignorant and that's not even this isn't being conspiratorial crazy minded at all i think that that is that is a factor um absolutely i think that that's a factor i think that it's 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 generally i think it's generally ignorance i think it's i think people um are very scared of drugs and i think politicians are just going to do what for the most part i think politicians are not going to go off um go off too far uh and right. do that they're not going to collect it someone's going to move in and say say um you know how how dare you talk about marijuana legalization when we have an, an opioid uh problem that's just ignorance that's just that's just another type of ignorance, and you see that argument all the time in, in, in conservatives, and you see that in Maine right now, uh, and I think that's all over the place right now. Um, getting back to what you were saying about the word drugs, that word doesn't bother me whatsoever. Um, I, uh-huh. I I approach it from a, a plant, like an ethnobotany plant science perspective. That there's a lot of people who get offended if you use the word drugs. We get offended right. if you call psychedelic a drug. That's not a drug. That's a medicine. I'm not getting into the, the PC. Um, I don't. I don't get into that. These. I think sugar is just as much of a drug as any of these things. I think caffeine right. is just as much of a drug as any of these. I think alcohol. I mean, come on. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a neutral word to me. It has no taboo. It. It's. It's. It's just a word. I could call them secondary metabolites if you want. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to call them that. I see them as plant products, or I see them as synthesized. And I don't think synthesized things are any worse than anything else. Um, I it doesn't bother me about MDMA, or it doesn't bother me about synthesized psilocybin. I don't, I don't make that. that oh, it, the synthesized chemical, it's worse. Um, yeah. So I just see these as. I, I see a lot of these. What's our relationship? What is our relationship that we have with this substance? Um, it's no, it's no. I was just reading. A friend sent me the other day. He overheard something at an airport, and the person said, uh, and he's like, you know, take this or leave this. But he ended up looking it up. But it's like a third of Americans are, a third of Americans have either like type two diabetes or are, or classified as pre-diabetics. Um, and it's a CDC report. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Let me see what it says. 
and approximately approximately 84 this is um an article on the cdc.gov it says approximately 84 million american adults more than one out of three have prediabetes Hmm. so when you have a society who just has like you know garbage food but unbelievable amounts of sugar and everything and if you look at that as a drug and you look at that as a uh, if you look at sugar in like an ethnobotanical sense what is our relationship with this with this plant with this drug um okay well we put it in everything that we eat okay no shit you're gonna have this it's not surprising so i it doesn't it's shocking i mean it's 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 crazy it's insane is what I, i you know it's insane yeah it's crazy to think to me it's crazy to think that that's surprising that everybody has that one right. out of three people have prediabetes. Right. I mean, you give your kids a hundred grams of sugar as soon as they wake up. Um, <laughs> and well, parent, yeah, parents are so stressed they just shove anything in their kids' mouth, shut them up, get them out of here. Here's the candy, you know. Here, take the iPad. It's it's uh yeah, it's cr- yeah. So it's not like so. Uh, the only reason I'm saying that is because like, what is our relationship with with this this compound um mm-hmm. and you know we, we we eat it all the time we put it in everything and so no shit that we have a condition that is going to is going to um we have a, a tremendous to me that's a tremendous problem if it, it, yeah you just, you just kind of like you, yeah you just kind of like semi blew my mind a little bit because of just the way that you said that like yeah like, what is our relationship? Like, that's such a powerful word and the correct word, I think. You know, if we're engaging in things and looking at it in terms of a relationship, well, what is a relationship? You know, it's like we're, we're, we're engaging in something that we have a, a bond with and we're, we're getting something from it and we're giving something to it. We're, we're feeding, you know, energy to this system of sugar and, and you know it's creating it's giving us what in return diabetes like being in a toxic relationship right like being with uh with with a partner who's just not good for you you know yeah it's a, that's a great yeah. way to to put it and so i think that that's how a lot of drug policy should be kind of looked at our drugs should, should be looked at and what's the proper relationship and public policy should kind of flow from flow from that um What what is your goal slash dream for Symposia? For uh, do do you mean for like the organization, or do you mean like things that I'd like to see in in? I I kind of yeah, like I kind of want to ask like the the question I'm I'm asking maybe is like is like what do you what's like the fantasy of yours, like for, for your organization? Like what, what would you really like to see come to fruition? That would just be, I'd like to see, I'd like to see some people who want to fund us. Cause we're transitioning, um, kind of half of the organization now into a nonprofit, into an educational nonprofit. So something that I want to see right now is funders, someone who has a good amount of money, um, who wants to see a nonprofit that exists in this field that's more than science on the psychedelic side. The science yeah. is being covered. The science right. is there are wonderful groups that are, are, are doing the science. However, um, I think that there needs to be 
Um, I think there also needs to be uh, more of an educational uh, group that's out there. I think that, and so, you know, we're educational in the sense of we're publishing points of view, we're having different conversations on things, we're exposing people to new ideas. I think we're trying to do activism in a in a way that engages, I guess, um, people's intellect in a sense. We're not out there holding signs right. and we're not there um, necessarily marching around. Um, but I well, think I was, gonna, I was I, just going to say, if, if you don't mind me jumping in, I was going to say, I think what you guys do is, is relatable. Like you're of, like for, I think there's one of the largest portions of our generation, the people that are going to be making the decisions, like we're, we're inheriting kind of this decision-making thing. So I think you guys are, are like, kind of like the, the, the cool kind of, you know, where it's at entertaining, fun, relatable uh, people that are that are that are doing something that communicates to our our generation. I, I mean, that's just my opinion, but yeah, that, that's yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I just wanted to say that. Yeah. No, I think that that's. I think that that is. I think it's important to do things that uh, engage people that are fun. I also think that there are plenty of projects that need to be in existence existence right now that are that are practical and whether it's training therapists or whether it's uh, developing a legal framework, um, not, a, not a legal framework, but a, um, a, uh, a legal um, uh, network sort of for people who say have been, who have been arrested, but have no fucking idea that there's, that there's lawyers out there who may specialize in something uh, like this. Um, as someone who has been arrested and prosecuted, I was extremely lucky to have a friend who recommended a amazing lawyer who's so experienced in drug law um, defend me. I don't think a lot of people have um, that access out there. So there's practical right, yeah. stuff that I want to, that I want to, that, that, that needs to be done out there as, as well. But there's also, um, I think projects that, are like we did in New York and that's like it's an after party it's supposed to be a good time people are supposed to come and connect and laugh and learn something and um be a part of it and so that's just as important um yeah yeah you know i think that i think that's that's just as important um what i want for the organization is um is I, i'm not i'm not looking to like I'm not looking to go, you know, ape shit and monetize and have ads everywhere and play that game, clickbait this, fucking that. Um, I, 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 I want to have, as far as the magazine um, aspect of Symposia, I want to keep that uh, as much integrity as we can. Um, I want to keep out advertising kind of as much as I can on that. I, I, and that's why we want to go the nonprofit route with this. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's in finding the funders who believe that there's more to science and that the science doesn't exist within a vacuum. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist within a vacuum at all. It, you still need the outreach. You still need, you still need all of these other aspects, um, of reaching people, of thinking about how you're going to do these centers, of getting, making sure that you have access to people having these centers. There's all these new things that are going to be built up as the laws loosen 
And, you know, when things become deschedulized, that is going to be super fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know what the drop in schedule will be. I, I was just reading in Strassman's uh, page that he seems to think that people are going to be shooting for schedule three. Um, so it's going to be fascinating of the, of the different things that are going to come out of this. Um, and so those are areas that I think, I think need attention. I think that there are so many people who are interested in, in all of this. And I'd love to create a platform for some of the best people to write about it, to create new projects about it. We're going to be coming out, um, in, on December 4th, we've been, we've been creating a conversation series. It's going to be, it's not finished yet, but it's going to be about 11, between 11 and 13 pieces. And it's all about Ibogaine. So we're oh, looking cool. at the whole, it's the Ibogaine conversation is what we're calling it. And we're looking at, um, we're looking at traditional use in Gabon in Africa and how this has been used. We are looking at uh, sustainability of it. We're looking at safety of it. We're looking at patients. We are looking at practitioners. We're looking at um, kind of kind of a full spectrum about ibogaine because it's this it's this you know you've probably been hearing more and more and more about ibogaine and it's going to become amplified more as as um, as as the, as the as as opioid uh, abuse um is is a big it, it becomes even bigger um, right yeah that's so, so important gonna, yeah so and you know this ibogaine is very different than than um the traditional psychedelics so there's more concern that goes into how it's administered and what does that look like and so um jordan um jordan may who works with us, he has been working on this series now since like July and he's put a lot of time in it. And I think it's going to be really great because it's going to be a comprehensive, as comprehensive as we can get, look at what is Ibogaine? What are the social, um, what's the social environment that it's in? When, what is the science of it? What does this look like? And so, yeah, those things are valuable as well. It's invaluable to change how people think about drugs. That is extremely valuable to me. It's inv- it's valuable to have drug education, and it, this is our version of drug education. It's not in a university. It's free for everybody, and it's looking at I. It's, it's looking at this emerging this emerging field, and it's fascinating. It's super fascinating, man. This yeah. this whole area, it's exploding. It's a no, new de- definitely, yeah. It's a new it's a new you know, frontier. <laughs> it's a new frontier that's basically not taught in any universities yet. There's, you know, a select few universities who even acknowledge these things. Yeah, I know, yeah, cuz it could be kind of like career ending for some sorts of people in in those in those areas and you you get into the academic fields and the what science fields yeah what is yeah. that even all oh i don't even yeah why why you if if you're someone who's in academia you can't like you can't talk about psychedelics it's the most it's like, unacademic thing that's that's unbelievable that is that's a that's like 
that's like poison. That does like, that's like a poisoned environment. If totally. You cannot, right. Yeah. If you can't talk about if you can't talk about this in an academic setting, that is that you are that's a dystopia to me. For sure. And yeah. that's reality. That's the reality for a lot of people. The reality for a lot of people is they can't even talk about marijuana mm. at their at their work. The reality is that a lot of women and mothers can't talk about anything out of fear of losing um their children that's something that's not really talked about a lot and a lot of oh, people yeah. don't so don't, sad a lot of a lot of guys are not thinking about that at all um right. but women who uh, have benefited um can't really talk about it because we live in this fucked up society where where that is so taboo you are just an awful parent if you if you took mushrooms or, or if you in just enjoy taking lsd here and there then you're an awful parent you are not fit to have your kids i i just i i mean it's so backwards you know it's just like you know i my childhood was a little rough growing up you know like just i guess normal kind of family fighting and stuff like that but it just it was you know not so pleasant and you know now be i'm so interested in all these things and i've been trying to convince my parents for years to to smoke marijuana or to try maybe psychedelics to alleviate depression i've just always been trying to integrate it into the conversation and talk about it in a way in which they will actually listen to me but it, it's hard to get through and i I, I could just think of like so many wonderful healing opportunities that families can have that they could bond in in a in a in a way that they really get to know each other uh, over a shared experience, you know. Um, and that's so needed because the family is such an important part of 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 growing up into a healthy world, you know. Yeah, and unfortunately, families can become extremely toxic environments yeah. as well. Um, and I. Yeah, absolutely. I think these things could uh, be tremendously beneficial if done the right way, and just for family, family relationships. Um, right. Yeah. And then, but then, you know, you think about it. It's like you know, if a family wanted to get together and say, like, "Hey, we're gonna have a mushroom ceremony. The whole family is gonna get together, <laughs> and we're gonna I've we're gonna." I mean, that's wonderful. You know what I mean? That's a wonderful, beautiful thing. And I think a lot of, you could have deep connections and, 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 and good bonding with your, with your closest, with your blood, you know, with your relatives right. and, and the, and then what's going to happen? Like a bunch of like, you know, henchmen are going to come in and barge down your door with metal steel batons and, and beat you and take you into custody and throw you in a cage like an animal for, for, for engaging in this. Yeah. That's there's something wrong here. And, and, you know, just, you know, I, I know I've, I've kept you for a little while. I hope you have a, just a little bit more time. Um, yeah, sure. you know, I want to get your opinion about, uh, you know, it's like with all of this trauma that's happening, right? Like it's, it's so weird in a way that like, I, I, I hate to say this, but it's like, oh, thank God we have soldiers with PTSD because now we're getting, you know, because now we're able to get MDMA approved by the FDA to, you know, to say it's actually legitimately a medicine. But it's like, fuck, like, why did we have to go through all the hell and the torture and the suffering, you know, to, to, to have these things be legitimized, you know? So it almost seems like to me that it's like we, ha we kind of like the way that our culture or species or whatever is going is that we we just 
have to enter into the darkness of shit in order to finally get walloped over the head so many times that 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 we say, holy shit, we have to look at another avenue for for healing or for for therapy. You know, so like it's weird in a way that as these like draconian laws and these things still exist, it kind of fuels the the fire for the purpose for a, a something like symposia to exist and to and to be the you know to quote like Star Wars to be the light that meets the darkness you know to 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 shed light on that you, you, well, you know what I'm does that make it, right exactly it. yeah that's the paradox of it. Yeah. It's, so do you, do you see things continuing to be that way though? Like, does, do you think that that's the way things will go? Uh, it'll just kind of continue to to take this path, you know, until until some things get so bad that eventually we'll have like a breaking point where we'll uh, be able to integrate these things more into our society. I think, I think that things are going to progress really wonderfully. I that's what I yes. Optimism, I, think, I love it. <laughs> I think that that's what's going to happen. I do not. I don't think that things just naturally progress towards, towards. Uh, I I don't think that that just happens. I think that you need to make that happen, and I think there's a lot of people who are making that happen, and I think, I think that, um, yeah, I. I I think you're going to see these. I think you're going to see psychedelics be prescribable in a very short period of time. Um, I think that you're going to see just more people who know about them. Um, I think education is is an immunity to bad law. Um, I think you'll get politicians who can who can start talking about this a little bit more. Um, You'll 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 hear politicians talk about this. You certainly will. It, it'll eventually happen. It will eventually happen. It's just that they're so taboo still. They're right. So taboo still. There'll be more people who come <laughs> out and talk about them. It'll loosen them up again. They'll yeah. be able to talk about them without the ooh, sixties happened and ooh, uh, all that, all that baggage. Um, right. That uh, won't. I'm just I'm laughing, man, because I uh, as you said that it just triggered something in my in my brain to think about. Have you seen the movie Lincoln by any chance? I the the one with um Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. I haven't seen. You know, I have it on my computer, and I've been meaning to watch it. It's really fun because as you're talking, it just made me think of like you're like you're right, like it's taboo and 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 it's crazy, and we'll be like there's a scene in the movie Lincoln where they're talking about giving rights to um you know to abolishing slavery and giving the the rights to the slaves to to have a voting right or to to you know to be a member and then they one of the guys like stands up and he's like this is blasphemous he's like next thing we'll be talking about is women having equal rights and everyone's like oh no no like everyone's in uproar <laughs> and it's like just think about like we look at that and we're still experiencing like you know the 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 like little itty bitty remnants of those sorts of racist and sexist things in our society today. But we st most of us still look back at that and say, wow, that was really fucking backwards and fucked up. So you're right. I mean, it's just like this fucking thing called time. <laughs> our kids, our kids are going to look back and not even get this. Right. It's going to make no sense. It's going to make it. I mean, 
anybody who kind of like is turned on to marijuana, it instantly makes no sense. The government instantly has no credibility. These are a bunch of fucking liars. Um, so it's easy for people who, um, who use marijuana to just, oh my God, this is just, this is just crazy. Um, yeah, I think our kids will look back and we won't even, they won't even understand why we, why we did this. It's right. Yeah. We're just too, we're, we're, we're too in it. Most people are too in it, too close to it to even see. And it's only the other idiots in history who were so backwards. It's never them. It's never, it's never us who are wrong. Even though when you look at history, you're like, oh my God, people, people, these, you know, poor things. They thought this about the universe. They thought this about, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. They thought that they thought the, uh, the, what was it? The earth was flat, right? And I was like, oh, there's those pe- the people who know, think the earth is, the- is round is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were, you were like, if you, if you believed in, uh, if you believed that the, that the sun was, uh, you know, we know now the sun is in the center. Yeah. So ultimately, ultimately the sun is not the center. Right. But, for in all intents and purposes, the sun is the center of the solar system, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that, but that point of view at the time is just like you're a crazy person if you believe this. You're a heretic if you believe this. Um, yeah, they literally burned people to death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Catholic Church. And, you know, right. Uh, uh, yeah. They cut people in half. Um, do the most oh heinous shit imaginable. Um, y- you know, and it's just. It's just, it's so obvious to us. So I like to wonder, fast forward to our kids and their kids, when they, what is going to be so obvious to them that we're doing now? I think drug policy is going to be one of those things about how we interacted with these things. Um, I think probably guns and all that's going to, what? I mean, it's already like that for a lot of people. Like, what ain't, <laughs> great. Yeah. Well, um, you're making me you're I, making me feel really good with a with a positive outlook here. I like that. Yeah. Well, I good. have I I run an Airbnb out of my house, and I, I I get a lot of Europeans that come in here, and so I always ask them what their opinion opinions are on on some things, and it just doesn't make any sense to them. Like, <laughs> yeah. They don't they don't they don't they don't get it. Like, what do you what do you mean that you have that amount of gun violence in Baltimore? My whole country doesn't have that in five years. Right. Um. So. I yeah, ultimately I'm optimistic. What's the point of not being optimistic? I don't want to be naive. I don't want to be just like an, a naive idealist. But um, it, I, I think you know historically you do see overall improvements, uh, yeah. and then the whole thing, and then the whole thing just collapses anyways. So you, whole, yeah, you you can leave <laughs> the na- yeah so, you can leave the uh, the naive I- idealism to me. I, I handle I'm I'm a combination of na- naive idealism and and pessimistic nihilism. So I don't know. Absolutely, Sch- schizophrenic you, asshole yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be I'll be optimistic and say that I think that moving forward that that these systems are generally going to improve, and then I'll be pessimistic and say the whole fucking country probably collapse <laughs> as, as as well i think you'll see a general decline in the United burn States, it down awesome which well, i think will be a good thing for the world anyways what's that which i think will be a good thing for the world anyways yeah if, no if um they, yeah maybe a little less involved oh in, totally 100 percent. yeah some things yeah united states is just like uh 
like a, a you know amped up frat bro that's just like r- raging at full speed chugging beers at every people are like hey, you gotta calm down bro calm down yeah it's <laughs> trying to make, chill out it's trying to make you know maybe if that we focus a little bit less on on defense and military maybe we could focus a little bit more on taking care of the people here and and maybe we wouldn't have as much suffering and illness and sickness and everything else that we have maybe we could focus on uh, education a little bit more and things would actually be a little bit better if we sh- probably uh stress the military a little bit less i think that uh i think we need to do that think for yourself question authority think for yourself question authority throughout human history as our species has faced the frightening, terrorizing fact that we do not know who we are or where we're going in this ocean of chaos, it has been the authorities, the political, the religious, the educational authorities who attempted to comfort us by giving us order, rules, regulations, informing, forming in our minds their view of reality. To think for yourself, you must question authority and learn how to put yourself in a state of vulnerable, open-mindedness, chaotic, confused vulnerability to inform yourself. Think for yourself, for yourself, for yourself. Question authority, question authority, question authority. Think for yourself, think for yourself. Question authority, question authority. Think for yourself, for yourself, question authority, question authority. Think for yourself, think for yourself,
surrounding all the ground around me. Is this all I grew up on me? Black is older than a memory. Blue is artist's second son. I stick my hand into the shadow. Pull the pieces from the sand. Try attempt to reassemble. So just joy might have been. I do not recognize the vessel. But the eyes seem so familiar. Like phosphorescent desert buttons.
You know what to do if you love this show. Share it, like it, spread it with your friends. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a neighbor, tell a coworker. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate as little as a dollar a month. Or you could go on iTunes and leave me a nice five-star rating and review. Whatever you do, thank you for listening. Much love to you all. Peace.